It's the Memorial Day sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores. Capital Mazda, Stevens Creek Mazda, Concord Mazda, and Team Mazda. Hey, it's Sean Del Grand. And we've got over 800 brand new Mazdas with outstanding incentives, like low monthly lease payments and low APR financing. Yep, it's just a great time to buy. So don't miss the Memorial Day sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores in San Jose, Concord, and Vallejo. Financing on approval of credit. Listening to the San Jose Sharks Morning Tide, brought to you by Coors Light. Now, here's your host, Ted Ramey. You know, I liked our start. I thought we got out to a lead. I thought the first eight or nine minutes were, were solid. And, uh, um, you know, as soon as they, they got that second one, it looked like a different game. You know, it's tough to handle, and it's not the job of just one line or one set of D, and we didn't do a very good job of that. The most disappointing thing for me was, uh, you know, okay, it's 3-1 after the first period. We had a good eight, nine minutes, and we're still in the hockey game, and then we start on the power play. You know, we turn one over, they go down and get a breakaway. Our next unit comes on and turns one over. It's in the back right that's 4-1. Obviously, the, um, that's when the game opens up a bit, and we paid the price for it. You can't open up against these guys, and you can't uh, mismanage pucks, and that's exactly what we did, and uh, they'll make you pay. We took too many penalties early in the game, and just, it was our, obviously not, uh, it, was our, it was our toughest game we've played so far, and, uh, um, you know, the good thing is we got two days here before we play them again. Well, good morning, everyone. I hope you have all had a nice slumber and have been able to recover from what happened last night against the Avalanche? And yeah, that was that was rough. But I, I have to point out that it's not just us. Let's recall that the second game of the season, the Avs put an 8-0 beat down on the Blues. Now, that's not to make an excuse. That's not to say that what we saw last night was not, you know, I'm not going to say unacceptable because, listen, Sometimes in sports, you get blown out. That's just the way of life. It just, it wasn't fun to watch. You had a good rush from the Sharks at the start. They're up one nothing. You're telling yourself, I like this Ryan Donato kid. I like the aggression that I'm seeing here early. And then suddenly, it all just went to, uh, well, it went to hell in a real hurry, didn't it? That was impressive. I mean, you got to give it up to the abs. There's a reason why they're on everybody's shortlist to be one of the best teams in the NHL this year and why a lot of people are picking them to be in the Stanley Cup final. I mean, you see what they're capable of. You see that line. You see how good they are. And I was I was a little worried about this because after they lost to the Ducks and you heard their head coach kind of calling out some guys and asking about their effort and asking about the level of play that he was seeing, you expected some blowback. You expected a an Avs team to come out that was going to be angry, that was not going to be pleased with what they had seen, that was not going to be, well, the same team that had split with the Ducks. They were going to play pissed off hockey, and it concerned me heading into this game, and it showed me that I was right to be concerned. Now, are there other factors at play? Yes, without a doubt. Are they excuses? No, they are legitimate factors. A, the Sharks are on a never-ending road trip. Now, we have seen the possibility that that could be changing sooner rather than later, but we have to wait and see with that with regards to what happens to these games coming up on the schedule as home games, whether they are home and or true home. You know, that's something I never thought I'd be saying. But these guys have been away from their families for a while, and you're constantly going into other teams' houses, and you're, you know, it's tough. It's not easy. So that's that's one factor that's at play here. 
Another factor, which again is something to consider, is that they are playing at altitude. And when you've been on the road as you have been all year long already, and then you go into altitude and you do put forth a good effort to start off the first period, I do think that came back to bite them a little bit. I don't have the scientific data to back me up on that, but I do know having been at altitude, it takes it out of you in a different way, especially if you're playing hockey. That is a factor. It's not an excuse. I know they would have had to go play at elevation regardless of whether or not this was going to be a normal year or a strange year like we're dealing with right now, but it does play a factor, especially when things have been as odd as they have been for the Sharks and for the rest of the NHL as they have been to start off this year, and they're going to be weird for the rest of the year, no matter what. This is going to be a weird year of hockey. So I do take those things into consideration. That doesn't mean that it's any easier to digest. That doesn't mean that I didn't walk away from that going just, well, crap. I mean, like everybody else, I was stoked after what I had seen in that win against the Wild in Game 2. You're buzzing off Brent Burns' goal. You're feeling good about yourself. You get back to 500 on the year, and then you get reality slammed in your face by the Avalanche who score five unanswered goals. That is a bit of a buzzkill, if I do say so myself, and all the good emotions that I had leading into the game were suddenly gone. It's just not a fun feeling. Not a fun feeling. There just isn't much way to walk away from a 7-3 loss with much positivity. That doesn't mean, however, there weren't things that I liked. Let's start off talking about Ryan Donato. I liked his play when I had watched him before in Minnesota. I didn't know what he would really bring to the San Jose Sharks. I didn't know how he was going to fit in. I didn't know exactly what his game was that well. But now that I've seen him for, what, seven games now, I like it. Ryan Donato is fast becoming one of my favorite players on the Sharks because he's a gamer. His effort is all over the place. He creates opportunities. He's good in front of the net. He is fearless. He's got great hustle. He was diving in front of shots and blocking them even when the game was getting away from the Sharks. I, I like that. And it didn't seem like it was false hustle to me. You can spot false hustle. This is not false hustle. This is just who he is. Yeah, his dad is Ted Donato. He grew up with that hockey IQ. It's in his DNA. His game fits in with the Sharks, and I think that he adds a spark, and I like the fact that he was able to make things happen on several occasions. Whether or not he was rewarded with a goal, he was still in front of the net, hacking away, trying to make something happen, and I think that that kind of aggressiveness is very much needed on the Sharks. And it's actually it's it's one of the criticisms that I, I can have of the team since Joe Pavelski has left, is that there's a little bit of that aggro mentality that's lacking at times. And that may have been unique to what Pavelski brought, but because he was so good at going in towards the crease and taking on all comers and trying to make things happen in front of the net, you've been waiting for somebody to replace that. And I'm not saying that Donato is that replacement, but I like that he's willing to go in and play the aggressive hard style, get in front of the net, try and tip a puck, try and make something happen. I think that that's what you need in games like that. And especially in a response to a game like this, you need somebody who's going to go out there and make something happen. Donato seems like he can make something happen. And I feel like that that's kind of been his game since he made that shootout goal in the first game of the year. For most of the first game of the year, he was pretty quiet. 
Then he buried that goal in the shootout. And since then, it seems like he's been one of our bright spots without question. Now, another thing that I'm walking away from this loss that I like is the fact that it was a 7-3 loss. Yes, they were up 1-0 early, and yes, they did give up three consecutive goals before the period came to close. And then there was the shorthanded goal they gave up to start off the second period, and then suddenly it was 5-1, but you know what? They kept on fighting, and suddenly it was 5-2. And then, yes, kept on seeing more goals being scored, but you end up with a 7-3 final, which, in my estimation, is more respectable and a little bit more morale-boosting than the 8-0 loss you heard me mentioning with regards to what happened to the Blues in Game 2 of the year between these two teams. There's a big difference between losing 7-3 and 8-0. And yes, the difference is more than a 4-goal difference versus an 8-goal difference. Yes, once you give up more than 5 goals, it's going to be pretty demoralizing any way you look at it. But I do think the fact that the Sharks still showed some fight, that it meant something to me. It was not a great game by the Sharks. It was not going to really do anything to turn the tide of the game. But I think that you heard it from Brownie, and I think Hedekin mentioned it as well, was that if you go out there and you fight in the third period, you show them that there might be something more that they have to deal with when you meet again. And in these series that we've seen throughout the early part of the season, the Sharks have been able to bounce back in that second game of the series after losing in game number one of the series. So I'm walking away from this feeling relatively pleased that the Sharks did so show some push in that third period, and that they were willing to get physical. And I know you could say, well, that's easy to do because you've already lost. You want to do anything. It's not that hard to go in there and get physical with guys and have some pushing and shoving. You're right. It's not hard, but they still did it. They still tried to get in guys' faces. They still tried to show that they weren't getting pushed around. So these are things that I'm responding to positively on a night that there was not a lot to respond positively to. And I also think the pride of the Sharks is such that they are going to respond in the second game of this series. I have no idea if they're going to win, but I think they'll respond. I don't think we'll see a performance like that again anytime soon. And the other thing that I noticed about this one was this was the first time the entire year. Remember, the Sharks entering this game, three wins and three losses. The Sharks, in my opinion, had played well enough to win all six of those games. Now, they didn't, obviously but they played well enough to win all those games. This was one where it was there was nothing like that to take away from it. It's not one that got away. It's not one where they can point to a couple specific plays and say, this is where we went wrong. They look at this one and they know that they did everything wrong. They know that they were turning over the puck too often, that they know that they were not good at slowing down the abs as they came into the neutral zone and then came bursting into the Sharks' end. Like, I feel that they can look at this and say, we did this, 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 and this wrong. And we need to rectify it, and we need to rectify it quickly. And sometimes you need to take one on the chin. And the Sharks took one on the chin. They got knocked down. And now they have to get back up. And this is part of the test of the team this year, because for a long time, the Sharks weren't being tested like this. Yes, we had the season after the 2014 playoff collapse in which the Sharks missed the playoffs, But this is a little bit different, in my opinion. That was a team defined by the Joes, Patrick Marlowe. They were dealing with staggering disappointment. 
not the idea of their window having been closed or at least being in a transitional period. Now, there were clearly doubts about where the Sharks were following the year that they did miss the playoffs, but they rebounded by getting back into the playoffs, A, and B, making it all the way to a Stanley Cup final. I'm not saying that this team is going to make it to a Stanley Cup final or anything like that, but I do think that this new era of the Sharks that we're looking at, and listen, we're, we're post-Joe Pavelski. We're post-Joe Thornton. This is all uncharted territory for what has been the Sharks for the last 15 years, essentially. And it's not going to return to how it was. It's not suddenly going to be a return to what we saw previously. I keep on alluding to the fact that this is a new era. This is a new team. This is a new identity. And I want them to get tested because the previous Sharks teams were tested and they had their own issues to overcome and they had their own crosses to bear. That's what this team has to do now. I know that some of the names and the faces are the same, but it is time to take these next steps into truly identifying themselves as a new era. And I think that for that to occur, it has to be a charge that is led by Logan Couture, by Eric Carlson, by Tomas Hurdle, without Joe Thornton being here, without Joe Pavelski being here, without you want to name the names, I understand, but we are looking at the new leadership structure of the Sharks and the new head coach of the Sharks, and they have to figure this out. And we knew there were going to be some bumps along the way, and we knew there were going to be some rough moments, and last night was one of those rough moments. Put it to bed and respond with a new game tomorrow, with a new opportunity to prove yourself, with a new opportunity for the Sharks to say, yeah, you don't get to do that to us more than one time. Everybody loses. Everybody has bad losses. Everybody gets blown out now and again. That's fine. You only get worried if it happens again and again and again, because then you do start worrying about the leadership structure, and then you do start worrying about if guys have lost the dressing room and if there's a bad vibe within the team. I don't I don't think that's going on here right now. I think they ran into a really pissed off Avs team that is really, really good. Also, they play at altitude, and the Sharks are probably a little bit gassed after a weird start to the season. You put all those things together on a night where the Sharks didn't play their best game, where the Avs played their best game or close to it, not quite the 8-0 drubbing they put on St. Louis, but it was a recipe for a bad night. If you're Bob Bugner, you get to paint this as a now we get to see who wants it moment once again, like he did after their tough loss against St. Louis in game one of their series. So far, he's been pretty good at knowing which buttons to push and when. But the other takeaway I have from Bugner in this one compared to some of the other reactions he's had to games in this young season, the only loss where he looked particularly perturbed was after that first game against St. Louis when they scored four goals. They were up 2-0 early. They won the special teams battle, on and on and on. That was the one that really seemed to bother him the most, and the Sharks did respond in the second game of that series. And after this one, Bugner looked disappointed, and he looked like his team had just gotten it handed to him, but he didn't exhibit the same type of hotness. He didn't exhibit the same type of annoyance. He looked like he was ready for the opportunity to have his team go against the Avs again. And that's what you want from a head coach. You don't want hesitation. You don't want fear. You don't want lingering doubt. You want him to say, on to the next one. Let's forget about this one. Or at worst, we will learn from it and come back and rectify those mistakes when we meet these guys again. And now, a moment of chill from Coors Light. 
Light Mountain Cold Refreshment, made to chill after the short but cold beer run from hot tub to cabin. 2020 Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Celebrate responsibly. Welcome back to Morning Tide, brought to you by Coors Light. Playing the same teams uh, on our side, there's, there's, you got to win some of these games against the big teams, and uh, um, you know, and that's how you're gonna, you know, separate yourself from the rest of the group. And uh, um, so it's important that uh, we've done a good job so far. Whether we've won the first one in Arizona or the uh, second one in, in St. Louis, same thing. And we've done a good job of splitting and making adjustments and coming back. And uh, um, you know, I see. Uh, Regardless of the score tonight, you know, we get back to work tomorrow and uh, uh, it's important that, you know, we give ourselves a chance to win. We didn't give ourselves a chance to win, um, you know, by the way we played in that second period and um, it was just the game got away from us. Here's the one thing I really liked out of what Bugner said just there. Regardless of the score tonight, you know, we get back to work tomorrow and. You get back to work tomorrow and we've talked about the practice before, especially with a team like the Sharks right now who need the practice time who still need this ability to find themselves new identity, new tactics, new ideas at work. They need that practice time. So that doesn't mean they have to kill themselves. It's not like you have to go out there and do a hardcore conditioning workout or something to that extent, but just work more on the ideas and the identities that they're trying to create early on in this year so that they're able to perform at a higher level when it comes to game time, because I do think that oftentimes players and coaches can use it as a crutch when they say that they didn't execute well. It can be a little bit overused, but I also think that I do understand what Bob Bugner says when he means they didn't execute well. It's not about giving up a shorthanded goal or it's not about making a bad pass. It's about all those things combined. It's not giving yourself a chance to win like we heard him allude to. The Sharks far too often in that game last night really put themselves in a bad situation and they put their goalies in a bad situation. Now I'm not going to absolve both Martin Jones and Devin Dubnik entirely, but I do think that they were put in some bad situations and I haven't seen them either of these goalies. I haven't seen them be the main problem in any of these games. I have seen a lack of execution mistakes from the defense and situations that put all the onus on the goalies. Now, in certain situations, the goalies have to make a stop or have to be expected to make a stop. And sometimes if they don't, they don't. But more often than not, you need them to make up for whatever mistake their team makes on defense. But similarly, Bugner was not willing to throw either of his goalies under the bus in this one. You know, I think both goalies were left out to dry um, multiple times tonight. And uh, um, it's tough to, to make a goalie evaluation. I think that, uh, you know, some of the plays that they that they made through the seam, and, and we actually made some saves on it. They scored on that. I think it was the second one. I think it was the third one. But, uh, you know, you can't allow seam plays and, and you know, pucks to go through the, uh, the slot area side, side to side. So... I don't uh, blame our goalies and, uh, um, you know, we'll look at the game tape tonight, tomorrow and, and make a decision who starts next game. But uh, um, they both were, didn't have a lot of help. And Bugner was asked if there was anything that he liked in the response from his team last night. Well, I think at times I wasn't crazy about the second, but the third, you know, when we went in, we talked about, you know, let's play with some pride and, and take the body and be physical. And then for me, we haven't done a good enough job uh, uh, of blocking shots all year. And I thought in the third period, we probably blocked more in the third period than we've, we've blocked all year. And 
So I think the guys got the message. They stuck together. They were, they were uh, feisty in, in, in the piles and things like that. So there's some good signs there. I think, uh, you know, I'm not sure if it's a, it's a combination of, 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 of the abs just backing off a little bit and protecting that lead and, and uh, you know, us coming a little bit, but uh, regardless, I mean, it was, uh, there were some decent signs there. I didn't, I didn't want to get, you know, get in the box and having to kill like we did. We took a couple penalties there, but uh, you know, there was some emotion on our side, which is good. And, you know, in these games, you almost have to, if to look at them, you got to make the corrections, you got to make the adjustments and you got to throw them away and forget about them. Uh, um, you know, this is just one of those nights for us. And I agree that that's the right point of view to have because you want it to just be one of those nights. It's a bad night. You don't want it to become something that you are defined by. And that does happen to teams. Let's let's not get it twisted. Now, teams don't always lose 7-3, to three, but there are times when you do have a team that gets kind of well, used to losing, and that's not something that you want to have happen. And I don't think that happened to the Sharks last year. I think last year was a quest for answers that they never really came up with the answer for. But you want to move on very, very quickly, and you want to bounce back, hopefully, with a win or at least a much improved performance because if you are that much better in the second game of a series like this, you can say, okay, it was a bad night. This team is still better than us, but we are better than what we showed initially in that first game of this series. So that should be the goal here. Obviously, win a game is of utmost importance, but more than anything, you want to make the corrections and like Bugner said, put it behind you, move on to the next game and have that better performance. Here's the captain. Yeah, regardless if we were going home or not, I mean... We got to play better than we did tonight, but, uh, you know, they're a good team and, uh, we just made too many mistakes, turned the pucks over and didn't give our goalies much of a chance, but, uh, you know, that's really the first one of those. Um, I, I thought we competed a little bit harder in the third, which is something to build on. You know, when you have a game like that, you got to take some positives and uh, move past it, especially this year when the schedule is so compact and you play again in two days and you're going to play the same team. So, uh, we're going to have to be more prepared, um, against them. Their speed is their, one of their best assets and be smarter with the puck, stop turning it over, stay out of the box, you know, and, and play, play a little bit better. And Logan was asked if he was looking forward to taking on the abs again so quickly. Yeah. I mean, all, all the guys in our team are competitive and when you get spanked like that, you want to get right back at it, you know, I think everyone's probably wishing that we played tomorrow so we can get right back at it. But, uh, you know, it's going to sting for, for tonight for sure. And we'll go over video tomorrow and, and learn from it and uh, be ready for the next one. And I also like one of the things that Logan Couture did there is that he echoed his coach's comments. And I don't know if he heard anything that Bugner said, but one of the first things he said was that they didn't give their goalies much of a chance. And honestly, off the top of my head, I don't know if he said that last year or not with regards to some of the performances they had. I don't remember it specifically, but I think that that's something that a leader does is they immediately go out there and they defend the guys that maybe people are going to be pointing to and saying that Jones has to be better or Dubnik has to be better or whoever it is. Cause so it's so easy to blame the goalie, right? I mean, a goal scored, the camera pans right in on the goalie. They always take a swig out of the Gatorade bottle. It's the same shot every time even if it isn't the goalie's fault that's still the way it's painted you know the average viewer doesn't see the breakdown on defense the average viewer doesn't see the nuance of the game that leads to the goal being scored that maybe gave the goalie no shot in the first place so Logan Couture is going out there and saying in front of the world on a camera after a bad loss we didn't give our goalies a chance he might not believe that I I don't know I you know again I don't think it's a lip service type situation that they're saying they didn't give Jones or Dubnik a good chance. I believe that to be honest, but 
even if Logan Couture didn't believe that to be true, he's still going in front of the cameras and still going in front of the media and saying that it's not on them, it's on the rest of us on the ice. And that's important. That, again, is another strong leadership skill that I think that we're going to see more emerging from Logan Couture, and that's going to be a big part of the Sharks' emergence as Logan Couture's team, really. The captain was also asked if he felt they had to play a perfect game to beat the Avs. No, it's not a perfect game. I mean, if we go into every game wanting to be perfect, it's just we're going to be disappointed every night. I think it's just limiting turnovers, you know, limiting stuff that's going to feed their transition, which is turning pucks over in the neutral zone or in slinging pucks in the, in the offensive zone, uh, not, not making their forwards stop and defend. I mean, any skilled or top-end skilled players in this league, they, they don't want to defend. They don't want to stop in their own zone. And we got to do more of that. We got we to gotta chip pucks behind their D-men. We got to finish them. They're, they're you know, good skaters, all of them on the back end. Some of them are, are smaller guys. So we got to use our size to our advantage, put pucks in good places, get on the forecheck and have some sustained zone time. Um, giving them too many free entries and, and exits uh, was the difference. Oh, and by the way, Logan was not buying into my theory about the altitude perhaps having an impact on their play. No, no, that's that's an excuse. And I mean, we've been here for a few days and we had a practice yesterday. So that's, that's just an excuse. I mean, it had nothing to do with our, our performance tonight. And I think you're at a point after watching that game last night where you say to yourself, you know, two things are equally true. The Avs are really, really good, and the Sharks are not that bad. But you had a game where the Sharks played their worst game of the year, in my opinion, combined with the Avs playing one of their best games of the year, and the Avs are at a level right now when they do play like that, combined with an off night from a team like the Sharks, it's going to yield a lopsided result. So the question now becomes, if the Sharks can rectify those mistakes, are they good enough to beat the Avs? And I believe that they are, because we, we saw the, the sloppiness with the puck. We saw them turn it over in the neutral zone. We saw them doing all sorts of things that were leading to these mistakes and a little bit of you know the mental collapse and giving up three goals to end the first period. You just can't do that. You can't make that many mistakes. That is as much mental as it is just pure execution. But you look at this team and you say, okay, I know what talent is there. I know what I've seen these guys do before. And you have to imagine that they can rectify these problems, these mistakes, these mental miscues, whatever whatever you want to call them. I think the Sharks are good enough to make it happen. I think they're good enough to make these things work when they take on the Avs again a second time in a three-day span. And then after that, you have another huge two-game series against Las Vegas that count as your first two home games of the year. So, and I don't want to sound like I'm trying to not be harsh enough or not, you know, commit to the true acid test of the regular season record, but staying at around 500 right now is going to be difficult, but it's going to be what is necessary. I don't expect them to win all these games. I don't expect them to look like world beaters. I expect them to keep it around 500. If the Sharks do this, through this unbelievably difficult start to the season, I think they're going to be in a good position to make the playoffs because eventually we have to assume eventually, and hopefully that game on February 13th is a true home game at SAP center. That's going to do a great deal for this team as a whole. It's going to do a great deal for their psyche for these guys to be able to go home and be around their families and be just in their own beds and be in their own worlds it's true. They've been out there for a while. They've been on the road for a while. They've been doing things different than every other team. So 
the unique situation does not demand unique results. It demands something around 500. And even if they dip a game or two below, that's okay. If they lose these next four games, they're going to be finding themselves staring up at a pretty sizable hole in a short season. Do I think they could overcome that as well? Yeah, probably, but it's not a position they want to find themselves in. So the best bet is to not think about this one for too long and move on to the next game. And I think that with the veteran leadership that the Sharks have and the level of talent that those guys have, I think you have a good opportunity to bounce back in the second game. And you want to because the way Vegas has started off this year, you know, there's no guarantee you're going to split with them, just like there's no guarantee you're going to split with the Avs, just like there was no guarantee you were going to split with the Blues. But the Sharks have done a good job of splitting these series so far, and now they find themselves in another situation, and they've all felt relatively dire, right? Like, they won game one against Arizona, and then they blew a lead in the second game, and they didn't get that win in the second game of that series. And that felt, you know, not so great, but okay, you you immediately had a split. And then you lost the first game against St. Louis in a game that you felt you should have won, and things got a little panicky, and then lo and behold, the team responded in game number two. And then you lost game number one against the Wild, again, another one you felt you could have won, and it felt a little a little unsure, and then the Sharks responded in game number two. The difference here is that you got blown out, and that makes your perception of things always a little bit different. And yeah, I, I get it. Like that was not that was not pretty. But you also have one of the best teams in the league that did blow you out. So that makes you wonder, like, well, is this an accurate representation? I can't tell you yes or no. We're not going to find out till game number two of this series. And my hope is that the Sharks do respond. But for all the reactions we're all having to this game after watching them get blown out last night, all our reactions are equally valid, whether you're freaking out or whether you're just blowing it off as a bad game. Our reactions are all equally valid. That's that's the one truth here. The difference, the one thing that's going to make us think that we were either over or underreacting is probably how the Sharks react in game number two. And that's what we'll talk about on Friday morning. For the San Jose Sharks, I'm Ted Ramey, signing off. You've been listening to the San Jose Sharks Morning Tide, brought to you by Coors Light on the Sharks Audio Network.